0: Darling, you don't want to know everything about me, do you? Then I wouldn't be mysterious and alluring anymore. Besides, there are some things a wife should never tell her husband, and whether or not she's been to the moon is one of them.
1: Ooh. That sounds so Ooh, and that's familiar. that's a nice long one. I know, I do like that one. So, I don't know why, but Bewitched Nicole Kidman <gasps> came in my head. That's what I was head. thinking, the remake! But I don't know
0: no it's the it's the original bewitched
1: oh it's the original (laughs) the real samantha
0: samantha stevens yeah
1: i love that quote though that's a good quote
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's the the one the one quote i remember from the show
1: welcome to brunch with the Hollowells, everyone i am rob the charm fanatic and i'm here with two special guests ryan who has been helping me with season six so far how are you ryan
2: Very good. It's always great when we have another Charmy on with us, so I'm very excited.
1: Very Yes, definitely. And also, a patron from The Attic who has joined us and giving our Witch Quote of the Week, we have Julia. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, it's great to be here.
1: Definitely. So glad that you can make it on. We are doing Season 6, Episode 19, Crimes and Witch Demeanors. But... First, we want to get to know Julia just a little bit. We're going to go through our Charmy Spotlight questions with her, and then we'll get to our episode. So, Julia, let's start with your favorite Charmed one.
0: So, I would have to say my favorite Charmed one is Prue. Um, I've... (laughs) I've, sort of gone uh through different yeah my favorite charmed ones when i was little growing up watching charmed were prue and phoebe um which i ad- identified with both for different reasons and then in the later seasons piper is my favorite
1: oh nice very good aha, aha, aha. too strong yes, exactly <laughs> sisters <laughs> very good and um how about your favorite episode if you have one i know that's a really loaded question
0: yeah, this is one I've I've been uh, thinking about. So I will have to go with All Hallowell's Eve. Um, I always really look forward to that episode when I'm watching the show. And I love uh, the whole aesthetic, I think, and the whole story of them going back in time. I also love the fact that they're all three working together throughout and um, Cole's storyline going on. And I also really like the Daryl and Leo working together in that episode.
2: Julia, do you like the Mitch storyline from that? Do you wish that would have continued with Prue and possibly having the love, like the future Mitch?
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought... um the story, well, the the love connection with Micah was a little cheesy the way it was done, the one in the past. But but I do think it was kind of too bad that we didn't get to see him at least for another episode or something. Oh, right. the, the the modern Mitch, yeah. Uh,
1: at least one too. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the the Leo. Uh, Daryl pairing of that episode. It was nice to see Daryl more involved into the situation. I mean, he he knows the world of magic and it's just surprising that he hasn't been embedded into this sort of saving the day more than once. But he was in there sticking with it, even though he didn't have powers. I I love all of that. So that's a really good one. How has Charmed affected or changed your life in any way?
0: Uh, so I. Grew up watching charm. So it was definitely my first uh, I started watching it when I was eight. Uh, I first saw it when I was seven, but I started watching it regularly when I was eight. And um, so it really shaped me a lot, I guess, because it was my first thing thing that I was really a fan of. And so my first favorite show. And then I think uh, maybe in high school and and right after high school, I wasn't watching it as much because I had just watched it so much over and over. And then a couple years ago, I got back into it. Um, and so I've been watching it a lot more. and and I think, and rewatching ha- ha- re-watching it, I realized I'm really glad that I watched this show growing up because it was a a good um example of role models growing up as a girl, like having a, yeah, strong women, powerful female leads, and it's also fun um for for younger people as well. So
1: yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I like that. Yes. And lastly, how did you discover our podcast, Brunch with the Hollowells?
0: Um, so I originally list- was listening to a different Charmed podcast. And then I don't remember how I discovered that one. I might have just looked up Charmed or something. And that was the one coming out at the time. And then once I got all caught up with that one, I wanted to find a different one to listen to. So I just looked up <laughs> Charmed podcasts and uh, and I found yours. And I had also tried out a different one that I didn't really get into. And so, yeah, yours really became my favorite Charmed podcast. Awesome. So then I just listened all the way through.
1: Very good. Thank you. You know, it's funny when you... I. It, You know, it's funny, like charm fans who have a motivation and a a want to listen to multiple charm podcasts when they've gone through the show so many times and they've heard so many opinions and they still get something out of other people's opinions and then starting over from the beginning. I know you must have put in a lot of effort into watching up to the point that they stopped and then to have to like start over again. Like I'm surprised you didn't like start right where you left off with our show. You just started right from the beginning, so.
0: Yeah, well, I actually also was long distance with my now husband at the time. And so I was traveling between New York and DC every weekend and I get carsick even watching a show on the bus. Oh. So that's why I got into podcasts <laughs> and podcasts about charm. Since I know the show so well, I could imagine it in my head. So it was oh, a good way smart. to replace watching something,
2: you know,
1: That's really a good idea. Well, I am so happy that you were able to do the show with us. Let me tell you, Charmies, Julia has been very essential to a lot of things that have been going on on the show, especially on the patron page, like her suggestions, her feedback, her opinion on things have been so helpful. And some of the bonus episodes that you do here is inspired by some of her suggestions. So I want to thank you personally for you know just giving your feedback and enjoying the show all You know,
0: yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having an interactive community and, uh, yeah, interacting with the fans so much.
1: Definitely. I try, I try (laughs) to. All right. Well, let's get (laughs) to our episode. Crimes and Witch Demeanors uh, original air date was April 25th, 2004. This was written by Henry Alonzo Myers and directed by John T. Kretschmer. Uh, Guest stars include Back. Barbus, Billy Drago, <laughs> welcome back. And we have Kirk B R Waller as one of the cleaners. The other one didn't get to speak this time. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, back is Sheila Morris, Sandra Prosper, as well as Jen, Jen, Jenna Leno as Inspector Sheridan. All right, here's oh. a, a Thorn who is continuously going to be uncharmed and then we welcome back of course is gildart jackson as gideon
2: phoebe page and daryl are following up on a premonition that phoebe had about a robbery daryl shoots the robber and phoebe throws a potion expelling a phantasm page raises a wand trapping the phantasm unknown to them expector sheridan is nearby with a camcorder Ooh, so (laughs) we got daryl back at least after a few weeks (laughs) it's always nice to see daryl involved with the plot and i just wrote sheridan no no (laughs) no now is this based on yeah
1: this is based on what you already know is that oh she's now become the next you know what's funny there is this show on BBC and it's called Misfits. And okay. I don't know many people know about this show, but it involves these uh, detention workers who are assigned to the community center and they are, you know, sentenced to clean up the area or whatever. And their, their boss is this social worker. And there is this run on joke in the series that they always kill their social worker like the the social worker just manages to die all the time and so they just keep going through new ones and that's how i feel like charmed is charmed has this it's not a joke but it's just this run-on theme that they just keep losing detectives and inspectors on this show like cops just keep dying (laughs) and so here is another one to just give them so much hassle (laughs) And it's not over anytime soon, unfortunately. Right, yeah. <laughs> you think it stops the Sheridan. Spoiler alert, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say, I mean, this is kind of, I just listened to the Spider episode episode that you guys did um so it's kind of following up on this but phoebe is being so annoying at the beginning of this episode about her date and she's just so rude to daryl like in the episode before we got to see how rude she is to those dates but here we're seeing how she's also being rude with everyone else about her dates and so, yeah, and I was kind of just thinking, why did she force this premonition to go deal with the phantasm if she's in such a hurry to go on her date? Yes. And then, yeah, they just, like, run off and leave Daryl behind. And they, like, don't thank him at all. I guess they're kind of helping him as well, but it's still just, like, poor guy. And, yeah, you can just really see how they've, they've been taking him for granted so much, which I think... Is something I do like about this episode is something that is finally dealt with, sort of like they're
2: going too <laughs> far with that. You know, yes, you're right, and this is like the pinnacle of. It's like Phoebe's just running off. Like Paige says at some point that, you know, she just ran off and didn't check to see if there's someone around, or you know, she's just always focused on yet you now the baby
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I also feel like in this scene we really see how Phoebe's just like kind of over being a witch like she's just so used to vanquishing demons you know like when they're leaving and Paige is still kind of a newer witch so she says hey was that car there and Phoebe's just like oh come mm. on yeah I'm like we've never done this before so um yeah we I think that's something that makes sense like she's evolved since it's season six by now she's maybe not being cautious enough and
1: yes well you know great point this episode definitely is showcasing a lot of phoebe's sort of mishaps and her sort of like depart from where she was back you know two or three seasons ago and and you know because this episode is sort of focused on her and how she's using her powers you know a little bit of that is from spin city and the fact that you know now it's it has become about her normal life versus her saving you know innocents or or people in general and just going through the motion on how just so throw off it is that oh yeah can we just get this over with so i can get to my date you know it's just like you're putting your life at risk and others who are with you daryl is still a a mortal like to be so blase about it does say a lot about her priorities and so yeah this is definite in this scene on how like checked out she she really is
2: don't they always leave him in an alley too i feel like <laughs> is, is daryl's always left in an alley by himself <laughs> to like deal with whatever <laughs> happens next I feel. that's where bad yeah. things happens in
1: alleys <laughs> okay
0: sure so at the manor sheila comes in crying and tells phoebe and Paige that daryl was arrested for murder they meet with daryl and he doesn't remember the robber shooting at him his attorney shows the two sisters Sheridan's tape, and it shows the robber begging for mercy as Daryl shoots him. The sisters confront Sheridan, who denies faking the tape. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to add that this summary doesn't mention the whole scene before Sheila arrives at the manor. Yeah. Where Phoebe and Paige was are bring that in the up. kitchen.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, no, go No, ahead no, no, no. no go
1: ahead. No, you're good. No, but you caught on. Like yes, yeah, so I, I was mean. just
0: going to say that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's still. Going c- continuing with the Phoebe theme that she's actually making a potion to boost her powers so she can get a premonition off her oh, date and yeah. leave before the entree arrives <laughs> so <laughs> you really see she's continuing being so rude with her dates but um and then yeah so if he's not the father of her future child she just wants to leave but I thought I thought kind of this goes into what Rob was getting into I think like this is kind of an interesting way to use magic to comment on a potential mm. real life situation of I mean, it's also kind of a stereotype about women, but I think women in particular getting to a certain age where you're just so over-dating and you're just like, oh, I just want to find the right guy. And you can imagine that a lot of women or people in general, I guess, would like to be able to do this, just use magic to skip the dating part. But at the same time, it's showing how you can't really do that. You can't just skip straight to finding the baby daddy. And then, yeah, I I also thought that um, it – I, I kind of thought it seems like Phoebe is going down the route of becoming like what they were in the future in Morality oh, Bites. Yeah.
2: Great point. You know, of just great point. Not
0: not, not Phoebe like actually killing someone, but her sisters more, like Prue and Piper, how they were using magic to remain young and get money and all and so it, it's yeah, so I guess this episode maybe hopefully sort of is supposed to put a stop to that, like have some consequences for that.
1: Yeah. It's really easy for them to decide to use magic, to get out of sticky situations when it comes to family. I mean, the, the love for each other definitely shows like, there's no question about it, but they're so used to this easy, like, way of of solving problems instead of learning from past mistakes even if they did take place in the future or in the past they're continuously relying on this crutch of magic always solving the problem and um it's too bad that this wasn't explored even more because they are going to continue to be in these situations where they can't save the day and you know in the future, Phoebe decided to sacrifice herself. She didn't want future witches to go down because she wanted to live, but you know, things changed. The future changed. And I mean, mean, she is at a point in her life, like you said, Julia, where she's not really thinking about that. And, um, later we kind of get a little bit of a balance, but as far as a writing perspective, yes, they're definitely highlighting this crutch that magic is just so exposed. I mean, disposable to them that, They can just use it whenever they want to save the family, at least. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the voiceover work, didn't you notice like some of their like ADR, the voiceovers over what they were saying was way off. This is Phoebe in particular when they were actually in the, um, in the alley. And then a little bit when she was making her potion, I don't know. There was just something about it. It was just off. I don't know if it was the app or the way that it's on, (laughs) Uh, Peacock, because I didn't watch the DVD, but you guys didn't notice this at all? Or is it just me?
2: A little, yeah. (laughs) You know, I... Yeah, I didn't know... Like, usually I will notice that stuff. I don't know if I was just too busy... (laughs) Just, like... Enthralled in the plot?
1: (laughs) But one thing that I did notice about this actual scene is the fact that Daryl not remembering exactly what happened, I think, is actually a good thing. Because if you can just imagine knowing that you are innocent and being put in jail and then all of this stuff happens and he may even think that magic has something to do with it and he has no choice but to just wait it out i would think that would be even worse to be in jail like this is one of those times where ignorance is bliss for the moment (laughs) because yeah i think knowing about it would have been like so horrible to know that you're innocent and you can't get out of it
2: but in this world, is it that the cleaners make it so this actually did happen? So Daryl, he doesn't remember it, but he did do this, or do they kind of just make a projection?
1: Well, like I almost—I think planning a memory in his head that says, "Oh, just like on the tape, you shot him to death with no, mm. you know, remorse." That would mean changing him in its entirety. Like he, they can't change who he is, so it's best to just remove the memory instead of just changing. Mm. the actual character which is i'm a guy that's a dirty cop and jet just shoots people left and right so i think that's why they did it that way but the fact that they chose this this good person to
2: like take the fall is just terrible yeah
1: that's the thing with magic It, it that it just really doesn't take sides it's good and evil both and and remember it was as we find out later the tribunal who did this not the cleaners or you know they were that's true that's right so Paige and phoebe orb into a crowded marketplace and start doing magic terrifying the crowd phoebe casts the spell to expose magic and thereby summoning summoning the cleaners flowers that bring desire make them turn into fire Uh, the scene freezes and the cleaners appear They admit to faking the robbery scene because the sisters didn't know that they were being taped. They are under orders from the tribunal not to negotiate. So this is kind of what I was talking about earlier. Like, I wonder when Paige asks about, hey, has that car been there the whole time? And Phoebe is just like, oh, whatever. We know what we're doing. Is that more of an example of her just being sort of like whatever about this? or you know in any given time that they, you know, go ahead and use magic in public is that something to really look for like if Phoebe wasn't so like halfway into the mission would she have noticed the same thing is what i'm saying like i don't i think it's i think it's fair to make the mistake of missing the car
2: yeah but like like julia said earlier Paige noticed it maybe she was more astute because she is like she said she's not like complacent at this point she's still relatively new into the craft and and compared to phoebe but yeah this is something especially what happened to prue like the exposure with magic should be top priority i think yeah
0: yeah and i i don't think it's so much of a problem if um Phoebe didn't notice the car but it's also that how dismissive she is of Paige. Yes. Like I think at this point we she should trust Paige on that kind of thing but but she's just not in that mindset. She's really like in a rush for her date.
1: Yeah. Leo and Gideon explain that the tribunal exists to prevent the exposure of magic. That magic might not take over free will. Leo and Gideon orb the, the two sisters to the tribunal. And Gideon calls the tribunal. I'm going to attempt this chant. Brace, oh <laughs> brace with me here. Okay. D.S.A. Ora. Exor. May me. I tried to remember. <laughs> Sounds good. What he said, but that's not Sounds what I've good got. to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The tribunal summons Barbus, and the tribunal ex accelerates time and now daryl is to be executed in 24 hours so this is super devastating to be honest that was crazy (laughs) and and just in regards to daryl because all he really wants to do is just save the world honestly like he just wants to do his part and it just seems that every time he gets involved with these sisters his job's on the line his life is on the line his soul was literally extracted without consent you know I won't even go there but I love the the Phoebe line too when have we let you down but have we let you down before and he's just like I don't want to argue well I'll just go get this perp because that's another conversation but yeah, it, it's not so easy to just trust that working with the charm Ones is going to be in his best interest. But to be executed, like, I think this is so messed up. But I gotta say, Barbus's entrance was fabulous. I just love the way he just flames in and does the little tilt-turn head. I just thought that was hot.
0: <laughs> no, just for Barbus, I was just gonna say, I also like how one of the, the evil tribunal guys says, we liked his pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Like that
1: <laughs> Right?
0: Yeah, that part was funny.
2: I was just gonna ask everyone what their feelings on Barbus is. Are are you sick of him at this point? Is he a great villain? Is he a great villain, but you're sick of him? Do you love him?
0: Yeah, I lo- I love Barbus. I think he's I mean, From Fear to Eternity is another one of my oh, favorite yes, episodes. It's I think, the scariest episode for me. Um, And yeah, so I think that's something that makes me like this episode, the the fact that he's in it. And the actor, yeah, is just so good as Barbus. Like, he's both funny and scary at the same time.
1: Yeah. He
2: loves, yeah, he loves it. You can tell.
1: (laughs) Barbus is, is a demon that you most likely would expect to come in and out all the time. And I think it's because of the fact that he can't be vanquished. So it's like, where is he now? You know, like what's he been up to? And so it makes sense that he is going to continuously keep working behind the scenes. And, uh, for a demon that doesn't necessarily have sort of an, I mean, he has an act of power, but it's not so in your face, you know, he's not shooting fireballs Mm. or, you know, uh, energy balls at you and stuff like that. But, fear is something that's never going to die or go away or not be existing. Like fear is forever. And so it makes sense for a character like him to continue to come back and remind them that fear exists. You may get over one fear, but it's going to continue to come back. So having a recurring character like him, I think is great. And I think he's super entertaining. He definitely has that villain face. So why not continue to use him? You know, (laughs) so Phoebe objects to Barbas's participation and steps on the central center circle, showing Barbas attacking her. They suspect that Barbas set them up and Leo orbs away to find out what he can.
0: Um, I I just wanted to say that I really think the set looks pretty cool. I like the yeah, that white bright white set with the black all around and then i really like the co- the the colors that Paige and Phoebe are wearing the bright blue yes. on Paige and the bright red on Phoebe i think just looks really cool in that yeah in that dark and very
2: bright white floored room that floor is really is really cool i wish we got to see that again i agree
1: i do like that set that was pretty cool but you got your um your four wizard of oz heads ryan
2: well do you guys like the heads i mean like d- this is not the last time we see floating heads uh, the there might be another floating head coming for leo eventually but you're d- do you like that they're floating heads would you have rather had bodies does this make them more mysterious and and this council that is larger than life quote <laughs> pun intended i guess
1: it reminds me of queen yeah i, I don't mind the head
2: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's kind of what I got from it. Um, I didn't mind it either. <laughs> I think I think with the location of where they're at you know, it makes sense for them to kind of telepathically like kind of channel in. It's sort of just like a virtual zoom for 2004 <laughs> magically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it so really is. I guess it kind of makes sense. I mean, we, we see a lot of it. Um, I I've seen it a lot in Marvel. Marvel does this all the time. They always have these virtual sort of holographic images of themselves when they want to communicate with each other. So they're just doing it in a more classy way of just a green screen turtleneck and then just have the head exposed and that's it <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I think it, it wouldn't they couldn't have had the cool set and have them be just standing there you know it wouldn't have had the same effect of the round set and everything so yeah.
1: it does give this yeah, whole, whole like above it all sort of thing like their hierarchy it just makes sense for them to be bigger and more intimidating I'm, I'm guessing that's kind of why they did something like that.
2: Isn't it interesting, though, that we keep getting these sets of demons and good beings that have to work together, like the hollow. And we're to believe that they both both sets are going to really be, you know, unbiased and everything. It's it's amazing. So this almost goes back to our thing when we were saying can a baby baby this was earlier, but can a baby be inherit evil or good? So, I mean, we have these demon heads that are supposed to be fair and balanced, so I think it muddies the water a little, kind of, like, it's not just black and white, because clearly
0: they can all agree on right right
1: i you know i think we'll talk about this later in the episode but the tribunal and the people that are on the panel yes there are two representing good and bad but we also have to point out that they're all men and regardless if it's good or bad like they usually are going to have a very old school way of doing things and what worked back in the day with magic does not work now when we have a very overpopulated earth where magic can easily be exposed at the drop of a hat there's also modern technology like there's a lot to to factor but i think that this council just listening to this trial is really working in a very old school um mentality and the fact, again, like I said, oh, yes. that they're all men. And I, I have a note about this at the end. But, you know, if you wanted a small hint of an example of how the justice system is broken, watch this episode. Because how easy it was for Barbis to go on his rant and with all evidence as to why these Charmed Ones suck at their job and it is not so clear so but again we'll talk about that as we go on. Gideon
2: speaks for the Charmed one on the Charmed Ones behalf arguing that the sisters have successfully covered up their magic and that Daryl is instrumental in keeping that secret Barbus answers with various scenes of the sisters under various influences such as Phoebe under the influence of the source Chris Um, plays bad cop to Leo's good cop to interrogate a demon named Finks. Finks admits to helping Barbas set the sisters up using phantasms. They seek further proof as Fink falls into a lava pit. Did you guys notice that all of the clips had to cut around Prue even when it involved Andy dying, which was a huge problem plot for Prue and all that like they just so happen to get at least Piper and Phoebe together so they could talk about Andy and then I just yeah I just love how they keep going about this They're like okay Phoebe and Piper scenes Phoebe and Piper and then Paige as well but there we go again we can't even get like a cutoff of Prue's like just in the background her body I wish
1: <laughs> well you will also notice though that um, though andy's face you know is (laughs) you can't it's not seen but additionally they don't even say prue's well they don't even say like andy's name they say they refer to him as prue's first love they don't even say andy
2: (laughs) we have what is that another thing
1: that they just we can't bring up any (laughs) anything that involves probably i mean i don't know his really i Yeah, we don't know what his relationship when he left, but that could be like a part of it too, is that they just weren't allowed to use his likeness or whatever, unless they wanted to like, pay for him or whatever. Crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted to mention for the scene with Chris and Leo, and this also comes up at the beginning of the episode, but I think it's cool how... Chris is still mad at Leo because I think Mm. it's nice how in Spin City they left it at the end like oh this is not just going to be resolved in one episode and so I'm glad that they're sticking to that um, and that we kind of get more growth on that story a little bit in this episode. I also wanted to note that Gideon I think that's in this part yeah also shows flashbacks of Daryl helping the sisters uh, as mentioned and so I think it's kind of nice how this episode kind of pays homage to Daryl and the role that he's had throughout the series helping them yes
1: I think that's really good yeah I mean Daryl has definitely done a lot for these sisters and especially having to kind of deal with everything that has entered into his life because at first he didn't even believe in all of this stuff and so his love for the sisters and sort of just putting his beliefs in check in order to save them and get them out of trouble and stuff i i yeah i think it's great that we are reminded that he is an integral part of the team even though we don't get to see it as often i will say though that the clips that were being used in Barbus's defense like i'm sorry he can't lie i mean like honestly i there's nothing to really work around this like it's just funny that the most powerful witches ever are so susceptible to evil and that they continuously get possessed and changed all, like a lot. I mean, it's not to say that but is they're that bad. really their fault. No, no, no I'm not blaming I mean, them, but it's just funny how there's so much evidence of it. Like, I, Barvis is winning. I'm sorry. The, this round goes to him. <laughs>
2: that's so great because i see it the opposite like when i was watching this i'm like well clearly they're not evil right now so they always work i mean they always work their way out of these scenarios so possessed or not like the clips to me his clips were terrible i was like these are some shady clips because there's no context behind them (laughs) like with the whole I i want pigs in blankets like that whole, co- like, that should not be used against them. Like, they were possessed by evil, which is that side with those two heads. So, uh, I don't know. Like, it infuriated me, these clips. So I'm like, that's not <laughs> real evidence. <laughs>
0: but I I mean, the I think um, maybe I should first read the next paragraph because I think that's the one that talks about that, right? The clips that barbara shows. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so, yeah, that, yeah, that might be it in on there. Barbas stands up and makes his case against the Charmed Ones, He shows the scene of Phoebe as a superhero from Witches and Tights dangling a slumlord off his roof. His point is that the Charmed Ones didn't cover this one up. Cole later vanquished the slumlord. He follows with the bar robbery that Cole thwarted in Sam I Am. Barbus blames Phoebe for rejecting Cole's love and driving him to despair. Barbus suggests that the Charmed Ones should not be allowed to practice magic again. And then Chris remembered that Finks had said phantasms, plural. He and Leo decide to find the other one. So, yeah, I just, from the clips Barbus is showing, I guess it kind of gets muddled up. Like, to me, the point is more showing how they're not being careful with not exposing magic more than like, oh, look, they're being evil. But I guess he's kind of trying to also obviously shift the whole trial onto. Them being bad, and so I didn't really agree with the the summary here that says that his point with the superhero one is to allude to how Cole vanquished the slumlord. Because in that case, why wouldn't they have shown that clip of Cole vanquishing the slumlord? To me, it was more about Phoebe was a superhero, and in that clip, Cole is like, "Oh, watch out! He has ears," and she says, "Oh, he can't hear." And and so it's more about her not being careful about hiding magic. That's more how I understood
2: it. No, they, they I enjoy that much better than that way. Yes. I I like that better, Julia. I think you're right.
1: Well, you know, he also brings up the fact that you let a you know, a dog off its leash with Cole just having all of that power being able to do whatever he wants because Phoebe you rejected his love. You didn't, you know, stay with him. And again, these panel of men are just going to be like, "Yeah, women always drive men crazy." But, you know, Right? We do what we got to do. You yeah. know, like, so th- this is what I meant about the broken system is that, you know, yes, a lot of the whole story isn't being played. But I love the fact how Barvis is like, well, just play that same clip, but just a few <sighs> seconds more because then my point will come in. And it was, you know, Phoebe, you know, punching, you know, Paige in the face or whatnot. So at this <laughs> at this point of the trial, do we give barbus you know for whatever reason he's sort of you know winning at this point do we really give him good points here or is gideon just the worst lawyer ever right now he can't control his clients they are constantly doing outbursts when they're supposed to be quiet and he just i don't know it's just his follow-through is horrible i don't know what do you guys think of gideon's sort of (laughs) way of of taking control of this trial so far
0: well, I feel like didn't I, I thought it seemed like they didn't show all of the clips that Gideon showed because in the scene before when when it t- like it starts up again, he he just shows one scene and then he says something like, see, time and time again, they've always managed. To. So so it makes it sound like he was showing a lot more clips that we didn't get to see. So I'm not really sure. But Let's yeah, I hope. definitely think Barbus is better at this than Gideon. I mean,
2: I have two questions for everybody. One, is that mean Barbus is always watching or are we just supposed to just dis- assume for like dis- at this moment, just suspend belief that he just happens to know, like play that clip a little longer. We might find something or is he always watching? That was one question. And two, is Gideon really trying to do a good job because we know I mean, if he got rid of the Charmed Ones at this point, or their powers, it kind of would help his whole thing. So maybe he's not really giving all to this? That's what I was thinking. Well,
1: that's, that's a really
2: good
0: point. Yeah, that's a good point. I was just going to say, he does come out kind of winning in the end, because it's definitely good for him that Phoebe doesn't have her empath power anymore. But Yes,
2: um... that one especially, yes.
0: But I, I didn't get the sense that he was trying to do it badly i thought he yeah i thought he was trying his best and this is also a good way for him to get them to trust him even more Mm. because like he knows but it also allows us to realize how much he knows about them like he and so he can use that against them you know later on in the season
1: i want to say that it's it's either the power of the tribunal room and just whatever you're able to access and you're right barbus could definitely be watching over them um I I don't know if those are memories being extracted when he pulls them up or it's just more of like a projection of what he wants to show. And I guess the tribunal just has that power of just reenacting scenes that have been done in time. I mean, they're already accelerating it, so I'm sure they just kind of have the power to do that. But, you know, it's it's funny about the possibility of Gideon just sort of like taking a dive here because let's say that the Charm ones did lose the the ability to use magic like who would be the charmed ones i mean this is a very equal balance tribunal correct so if the charm ones couldn't do their job do they just give those powers to someone else like who takes over at this point there's an unbalance at if they were to win because somebody's got to be the all and powerful witches unless you know why it's out there fighting demons i really don't know what they would have done if they had just removed all of magic, you know, from the sister. So Mm -hmm. that was one thing that I was curious about, you know, Barbus released from hell. Like the tribunal has to know that this does not work in favor of good at all by doing this, you know? So they just never really discussed where these powers would go if they weren't the charm ones anymore. Would it be like when the end of season
2: four, when they have that choice to, you know become normal they i think the angel of destiny says it it just goes to the next generation so i guess that would be chris and wyatt and and melinda or the future third child that she has i don't know if that's the case but you're right it would shift the power you know dramatically at that point
1: Barbus calls one of the cleaners and then shows the scene of Andy Trudeau's death. Here we go. He shows the scene where Inspector Reese tells Phoebe that Cole's landlady was murdered at his address. And then in this next scene, Inspector Reese is killed by a demon. He follows with Agent Jackman's death while trying to burn a witch at the stake. <laughs> this is so horrible. This poor inspector dies, even though he tried to kill a witch, but man. <sighs> We got to talk about how this inspector died (laughs) Um, as the tribunal adjourns. The sister calls for Leo and he orbs in with Chris and tells them that Barbas gets to escape from hell. If he manages to bring down the charmed ones and that, and, and that he sent the phantasms. And so Paige tells them that she thinks the other one possessed inspector Sheridan. I never would have thought, that Sheridan was possessed. Never. Like that is the last thing I'm thinking about, especially cause she's new. And like, I'm, I'm just thinking she just has been altered by the cleaners. Just like everybody else never crossed my mind at all. But what isn't talked about in this scene uh, before we get to the next one is that Piper uh, Astral projects to the prison and tries yes. to convince Daryl to leave. Uh, the jail this is a really really interesting scene because for one we've gone through this and we know that this is not good and i understand that all of it is for good intentions like we want to keep daryl alive it makes sense to have him escape until they can figure out what to do next because time's running out but at the same time It just shows, again, this crutch of how easy it is for them to just use magic and such these unfair advantages that they're not using for the rest of the world. It only applies to them. And I don't think they're being super selfish with it, too, because, yes, they could be using magic for everyone who's innocent if they really wanted to. But it's just this way of how Daryl immediately is like, this is the law. There is a process. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to escape. And I'll point out the obvious. It doesn't look good when somebody like Daryl escapes from jail versus Piper using magic to, you know, get out of jail and, you know, page orbing out and putting pillows in the bed. Like, the hammer gets kind of let on down on somebody like Daryl than it would on the three sisters. So it's probably best that Daryl just goes through the motion. But what do you guys think about Daryl deciding to kind of sacrifice his life for like law and just sort of the way things work and stuff like that? Yeah.
0: I really liked that scene. I thought, I thought it was nice that Piper tries to use magic to break him out because that's what they would have done if it was any of them Yeah, because we've seen them do it before. I think it happens with Chris like pretty soon later in season six and, um, so I think it's it's nice, you know, that they really care about Daryl enough that they're not going to let him go down for this. Yes. But yeah, I also think it it just sets up a really powerful scene with Daryl and Sheila, both both of them. I think it's a well acted scene. You know, Dorian Gregory is is great in it, and I I wouldn't have blamed Daryl if he had wanted to to leave because especially yes. now he kind of knows that he's innocent. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it is really powerful that he um. He, he decides to stay and it's just like, I'm not going to become a fugitive. That's not right.
2: right. It really truly does show his character and how much he respects the law, even though he doesn't understand what's happening. Pray tell, but how I took the scene with Piper was, I think that she figured it was like, it would just be cleaned up is how I thought of it. Cause she probably figured like the, cle- I, I don't remember if she knew the cleaners were involved at this point or not. Cause she is in magic school. But I assume that she just figured, you know what? Let me get him out of here now. They're gonna figure this whole thing out anyway, and the cleaners will reset it. Like that's what I was thinking. That she wasn't even thinking of the whole thing that like Daryl will be on the run or things like that. But what you were both saying makes more sense that it it would look bad for him. But I wonder if that's what Piper was thinking. Like, oh you no, know what we we took care of the cleaners all the every time else that they give us trouble. So. This is just another day, another Thursday or a Sunday.
0: Yeah, I think I think both are true because both Piper is thinking it, that of it that way. But Daryl is thinking of it from a human perspective. Right. So he's more like, realistically, I'm not going to become a fugitive.
2: The tribunal brings Piper up from magic school to hear their judgment, which was really funny. That. Yeah, she just
1: she just like, pops what? up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they rule that the Charmed Ones may still practice magic but Daryl's execution will still go forward. The sisters don't agree and would rather give up their powers than let Daryl die. The tribunal agrees, but just as Daryl is being strapped to the gurney, Leo and Chris orb in with a surprise inspector Sheridan. The next image shows her being possessed by a phantasm and pulling out a folder marked Daryl Morris. In that moment, the phantasm leaves her body and Chris captures it with the wand, with a wand. Um, so why does the police department have a Daryl Morris folder? <laughs> like, what is he Like, do, are they on to him, too? Yeah, like, just, that he's... he's
1: weird. He He seriously has these sisters at all of these crime scenes. And, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. The man does exceptional paperwork. He does not skip a beat. Everything is on paper and so if he wants to be by the book all of it's in there and he's weird. He doesn't leave anything out and this shit is suspicious. It's very suspicious, especially when you've got demons just evaporating out of nowhere and there's nobody to take in to justice like somebody's got to account for all of those missing people that just magically disappear you know whether it's a body or it's the villain so it makes sense that he has a folder i'll just say that
2: (laughs) um and then at the end of this because i think this is where the scene that it would probably summarize this in daryl remembers everything do you whole shenanigans. when he wakes up? Yes, like, isn't it weird that usually, like, when time resets, everyone forgets what happens? Do you think that him remembering this, like, does Sheila remember this? Is it just him?
0: I mean, I think this is the next scene, but yeah, I think Sheila definitely doesn't, because that's kind of the whole point. She's just like, oh, we have plans for dinner. That's
2: right. And You're right, Julia. Remembered. You're right. He's kind of like... Yeah. do So do they do that on purpose to set up this thing that... Th- in the future where he has this mistrust of the sisters or is it just a repercussion? Yeah, I, was, of the I was
0: wondering, I was wondering if maybe they want the, either the tribunal or the cleaners wanted him to remember hoping that then he would maybe be more careful in the future
2: oh, or something like that, either it. that,
0: or it's more like a magic thing where there has to be some consequence for whatever happened. And so that's a consequence. That's the only two Explanations I could think of, but
2: and they make sense. Those actually both they are great explanations. Actually, yeah, to have him be more alert and then vice versa, or, or yeah, have the consequence of this whole thing happening, like resetting time, going back, reset it, forwarding it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I didn't. It it seemed like that th- they reverse time because they accelerated time. Up until the 24 hours but while they were in sort of the nowhere time had stand still so I think because the way that Daryl was altered by the cleaners and the fact that they went in time and then back might have a reason as to why he remembers but. Uh, that that's kind of the only thing that i can think of is that because he was altered during that process is why he was able to remember because sheila knows about magic so there's no reason why she can't retain these memories but i think she is a product of time mm. travel rather than the cleaners actually altering her if that makes sense i don't know i could just Mm. be talking about in my ass but yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah, the cleaner also specifically sees Daryl. You know, at the end, he is is seen by Daryl yes. on purpose and kind of nods at him. So that's why I thought they they must either know about it or be responsible for the fact that he
1: remembers. Yeah. I really love that the sisters were like, if you kill Daryl, we're done. We are done. I'm not working for y'all anymore. We are done with the whole char- I I love that. At the end of the day... Yes, they do take him for granted sometimes, but the love is there. The the you know, the friendship, all of that is there. And they and they will definitely do everything that they can to make sure that Daryl is OK at the end. So I do like that. He's not as disposable as they make it look like sometimes the way that they kind of use him. But it, it was really great that they stood their ground and was like, I'm, we're done if you do this. So I like that.
0: Yeah, I just want to point out too that Paige is the first one who does say that and then the other two follow along. And something I thought of too is that then the tribunal says you would have us erase your memories of everything that you are, And so I was wondering, does that mean like Wyatt and Chris wouldn't exist anymore they just would never have been witches right. or something and so that to me makes it even more powerful that Piper is just like yeah that's fine you know that they're still standing by Daryl even though it might mean like rewriting their entire
2: lives right because I got the impression that they wouldn't remember magic meaning then they wouldn't know about Paige.
0: Oh yeah, and I didn't then, even think of that. Yeah,
2: it would Piper P- P- Prue never just exist, or would they just know that their sister's dead for some reason? Like,
1: yeah. So yeah. that's a real. I mean, I don't.
0: I don't think they thought through the whole thing because in that moment <laughs> they're just like, we're yes. standing up for Daryl. But I was kind of wondering, what exactly does that mean?
1: Barbus is found out, and the tribunal reverses its decision just before Daryl is executed. Barbus, however, accuses Phoebe of using her premonitions for personal gain. The the tribunal strips Phoebe of her active powers. Uh, She's no longer to do empathy. The producers don't have to pay for levitation anymore because it's so expensive. And uh, (laughs) she gets no more premonitions and Mm. offers to let her earn them back if she behaves, if all of them behave, which is added at the end. And then the episode wraps up with the disquieting revelation that Gideon's greatest fear is that the sisters will find out that he is the one that's after Piper's son. So this is what's really interesting because Gideon knows that Chris is returning back from the future to stop something from turning white, even evil or going after Wyatt. And You would think how time travel works that Gideon will have figured out, well, I am the one going after him. Maybe if I don't, he won't turn evil. I mean, to go into the future and find out that Wyatt is evil and then coming back, like, I I just, it's funny that Gideon doesn't think that he is the cause of turning Wyatt evil. You know, as opposed to, oh, I'm here to stop him. This future would have gone on either way, whether Chris was here or not, because he already had the plan set in motion. So I, it's just funny that Gideon didn't think once like, well, maybe it's my actions that are doing this, you know. And I think that's explored in the finale. So I'll have to pay attention if they bring that up. But yeah, um, great ending. I, I thought it was Great to kind of see that Barbas is on to him as well. Like, you know, your secret is not shielded from everyone, and I'm surprised that that wasn't used as a blackmail either, because Barbas could have really used that in his own way. It might, yeah. (laughs) But um, there's a season (laughs) finale that wraps up crimes and witch demeanors. What did you guys think of this rewatch? Did it change at all uh, watching it this seventh, eighth, or ninth time around? Julia.
0: <laughs> well, so yeah, I um I like the I like this episode overall. Um, last time I rewatched, uh, I think season six, I was a little I don't know stressed out or something about nervous about it because I think it's kind of dark and you know. But then I was mm-hmm. like, actually, I I enjoy this episode, and um, I think it's interesting. I think it's a really cool way to integrate flashbacks that they use, um, which true. is similar to in Cat House Charm. Just has since they have the option of magic, they have a really cool way to do kind of flashback episodes. Not that this is only that, but I think that was cool. And then, yeah, I also, well, something that I hadn't remembered until watching it again yesterday was I remembered that at the end when Phoebe just accepts that she's going to lose her powers, that she sort of took responsibility and admitted like, actually, it's true. I've been misusing my powers, but she doesn't quite do that. She actually just says, oh, it might be refreshing not to have not to rely on my powers. And then she says like kind of a kind of directed at Paige. she goes, and besides, they're not the only ones who think I've been misusing them and, oh, and Paige yeah. kind of feels bad. And so I, yeah, I didn't love that. Like I would have preferred if Phoebe had said, and besides, I, it's true, you know, or at least I don't know, took responsibility like it's true. I have been kind of misusing my powers. Um, instead of plain, blaming Paige, who I kind of thought was right about it when she brought that up at the beginning of the episode. so But I, but I do think it's nice that there finally are some consequences for Phoebe using her powers like that.
2: I agree, because at, originally, like, when you watch this the first time, you're kind of, as a Charms fan, you're like, what? They're taking away her powers? Like, What? But it does make sense. Like, having this rewatch and then talking about these the last few episodes, it's true. She really is misusing magic. So even the fact that she's, like, forcing these premonitions, I mean, and it's not just a few times. Clearly, it's, like, a thing that all these dates that she's doing, it's every time she's forcing these premonitions. So I agree that there should be a... There should be some kind of... Something that happens. But at the same time, does it leave them open vulnerability-wise? Like, it does shift the power again to the the evil side. Because now she has no active power. So she could say spells and throw potions then. so Yeah,
0: which is why it's kind of a win for Barbus. Yes!
1: Yes! It seems that Phoebe's the one that needs to go to magic school and kick it there for a while. Because... Nobody can protect her at this point. She can't even protect herself for the most part. But um, yeah, this episode was good. It is a change of pace from sort of the action filled stuff that we are used to getting. It was less comical as well. Uh, you yeah. know, like Julia said, use of, of sort of a clip show episode to remind us of our right, past. Really. You know, we're coming close to the end of the season. And yeah, I mean, the, the, it, w- it was nice for them to kind of, just remind them that you know you guys have done so much good but you have to remember to make sure you're not misusing these powers that are given to you for a reason the the chris leo thing i thought was good they didn't really get into it heavily because like not necessarily is it a broken record but we kind of already know how chris feels about it so unless they're going to really let us focus on their storyline i think what was given was enough to just continuously remind us that they have something to work out before the end of the season. So that, that was a nice touch for them to kind of have scenes together, but yeah, the episode may not have a lot of action stuff in it, but I think the episode is still pretty important and it definitely drives the story along for sure. Always great to see Barb so yeah, I think this was a a nice rewatch some notes that I thought were interesting that I read up on, uh, Ryan, do you approve of our promo title? Charmed on trial?
2: Yes, because it's not sexualized. Yes, yes, yes. Nothing sexy trial or red hot. I don't even know. Yeah. Jory. Some kind of crazy thing. Yes. So, yes. Charmed on trial.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and, okay. So, the scene where Chris is holding up Sphinx and he drops him in the lava. If you look closely, while <laughs> they were filming, he says the word shit. But they dub it over and say, shoot, even the captions will say shoot, but he definitely said a swear (laughs) and it is clear as day if you know about it. So if you guys have already rewatched it, go back to that scene. You can definitely see. You guys noticed it, right?
0: Yeah, it's really obvious if you're looking for Uh it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Phoebe is uh, disempowered in this episode. Part of this is because, like I said earlier, uh, the levitation power is just too expensive in the terms of special effects. So they had to cut that out.
2: <laughs> they didn't even use it that often that they could have just did it like once in a while. Yeah, anyway.
1: Yeah. And the title of this episode is a reference to the film Crimes and Misdemeanor, which released in 1989. We've reached that point in the episode where it's time to objectify men. Let's do Hot Man Meter. It's raining, man. Let's go through our men. I believe this is his first appearance on season six. So Barbus is up for grabs. What do you think about Billy Drago this season? Did his lawyer skills make him more attractive? <laughs>
2: I'll leave. I'll let Julia answer this first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, no, I, I love his performance in this, but uh, yeah, I think he's really funny, especially when he starts to lose the trial, but um, not, not hot man. Worthy. Gotcha.
1: We already know. I agree. I agree. Ryan is going to pass. I am also going to pass. Uh, not for my list. How about uh, our tribunal? We have Aramis. Uh, we have uh, A dare. We also have Thras and Krill. This is J
2: Those are their names. Yes, That's funny. Yeah. I didn't
1: know. <laughs> uh, played by Ian Ambercrombie, Ken Page, Christopher Kazanov, uh, and uh, James Horan. Did any of our floating heads make your hot man meter this week? Or do you need no. to see the body? <laughs> <gonna>. <laughs> right. Perhaps.
0: No, I think I'm good. Just the floating head, you know, wasn't really doing it for me
1: i didn't get any <laughs> smile from any of them and unless i see a smile no. technically i don't know what you look like so i'm gonna pass oh on that. that's,
2: a, that's cute. yeah
1: well yeah i mean that's when you see their real face in my opinion so yeah i'm gonna pass on them <laughs> then we have who the hell is this pd clayton <laughs> who is that is it oh Frank's? it must be
0: uh it must be um daryl's Public Defender, I guess. Daryl lawyer. Oh, yes,
1: yes, yes. Public Defender, PD. There we go. Thank you for that. So we have PD Clayton played by Keith McKenzie. What do you think about this guy?
0: Yeah, he looked really familiar. I don't know if it's just from this episode, but I feel like I've seen him in other no, stuff. But he, um, no, he's He not. is
1: definitely a character uh, actor. I have definitely seen him in some stuff. He uh, was on Buffy he's yeah a lot of wb stuff char um supernatural seventh heaven gilmore girls merrill's plays 24 yeah he's definitely popped in some stuff i wish i could tell you which one from buffy so he's probably a face that you definitely recognize (laughs) but yeah not my meter i would say that he's probably the hottest out of our men that we're talking about today <laughs> but still not hot enough to make the meter Out of the new ones yeah, yeah i guess yeah well you know what honestly he w- <laughs> oh go ahead
0: no he was also not the best lawyer i thought no. like he was just not really i don't know he wasn't really defending daryl very well and he just like the charmed ones walk in and he just shares the video with them <laughs> he doesn't yeah, know like who these was- people are like daryl's just like yeah it's fine they're my friends yeah that was a little
1: broken system i'm telling you it does not favor the black people yeah. it just doesn't sorry we're just <laughs> we get a shameful public defender who doesn't really care about our case whatever <laughs> but um what <laughs> lets those people in what about finks though he looked fun
0: <laughs> he, he was funny he, had, he was you know, funny yeah
1: kind of the beard some sideburns mon chops he, I mean, <laughs> he looked so- he
0: didn't he didn't smile though no, he was just terrified was just the just whole terrified.
1: time yeah <laughs>
2: he looked okay that's right rob so you didn't see yeah, him yeah
1: <laughs> yeah uh this is played by esteban powell i'm assuming that he does not make your list either folks now i'm <laughs> sorry okay well it seems that this episode didn't rock the boat of the hot man meter but any one of these men is up for grabs for any of you who are currently listening if any of these men do it for you add them to your list. We are almost at the end of the season. I'll be collecting your top 10 list and putting together a charming hot man meter of season six. We also have the introduction of Inspector Sheridan. Some people may find her to be, you know, the hot stuff. (laughs) So if she does it for you. She's a contender for, you know, hottest woman. And then we also want you to pick a most adorable. So keep that list updated. Now, what about MVP? Ooh, did, wow. Do you guys have an MVP? Maybe not. Maybe nobody did it for you. Julia, let's start with you. Who's your MVP this, I do, this, yeah. this week?
0: Yeah, my MVP is Daryl. Um, I, like I said before, I think this episode, at least parts of it are kind of an homage to him. I think he's a great character that often is a little underused in the series, and I thought that this episode and this storyline is a good way to to use him more. And to, and and like you've mentioned, Rob, also since he is a black man, give him a really powerful uh, story to portray. You know, something that's not often dealt with on Charmed. Yeah. And also the speech that he has about he doesn't want to become a fugitive, and how at the beginning he's just like always there helping the Charmed Ones. Um yeah, so he he's my MVP.
1: Awesome.
2: What about you, Ryan? I agree with Julia. Um, that was she said that fantastically. She mentioned earlier Dorian Gregory's acting in that scene as well. And then even with his interaction with Sheila during that, and oh yeah, it was really emotional. And um, I agree, it really shows what Daryl does for the sisters over the years. It wouldn't be the same without Daryl.
1: Uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick daryl as well daryl was gonna definitely be my pick no i mean it it clean sweet i mean it definitely makes sense i mean this daryl may not have been in much i mean a lot of the episode and yes the biggest focus was phoebe but at the same time daryl definitely stood Mm. out he he took every scene i thought that he was in i i think he's a wonderful actor and he really um owned that that last scene especially him with his wife i will say this Uh, You know, as I was watching this right before the recording, you know, I'm seeing him just just sad while he was strapped to that chair and the way that he was, you know, just struggling with the straps and just his face of worry. Like all of that was so believable to me. And I just I just really liked it. They definitely showed the fear in his eyes. So um, real good scene with that as well. My play of the week is going to Barbus for his brilliant plan. I mean, for a man who's not even on Earth doing his thing with his power, <laughs> he always manages to make the best of his situation. And the fact that he was able to like pull out this plan and and have it be executed the way it was, I just thought was brilliant. He gets play of the week for me. And he mentioned Prue. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I also chose Barbas' evil plan to indict the Charmed Ones. And in particular, the way that... Um, Once they bring in Sheridan, he kind of freaks out and he's like, oh, no, he knows that he's going to lose. But then even though he loses, he pivots right at the end and raises kind of a a good point about Phoebe, you know, being in a rush. And it was kind of in a way her fault that magic was exposed. And and he still manages to make the best of his situation and and win a little something at the end
1: there. Definitely. I would have brought up, yeah, this woman be rubbing lamps every time she gets... Oh, I mean, you Take away <laughs> her powers. I'm so done with her. Like She, she do not even know what a genie lamp is. She exposes yeah. magic all the time. No matter what. <laughs> powers or no powers, she's got to be watched.
2: <laughs> I will say my play of the week is Piper trying to break Daryl out of jail. Just because, Rob, you did say it was them almost, again, misusing magic in a way, but... I respect Piper for not letting him die. Like, she just was like, come on, we're going to magic school, I guess. No. (laughs) Bring Sheila.
1: (laughs) Totally fair. All right, next week on Charmed, a wrong day's journey into right. Now, by the name alone, never. Have no no idea what this is about. But I I do know. (laughs) But... Just from the name, it does not give me any hint at all what this is about at all. And I only remember one of the plots. I know there's a second part to this episode. I don't remember it at all. So some of this will be a surprise for me during rewatch. Do you guys remember this next episode?
0: Yeah, I've rewatched it pretty recently. So I I remember. And I I think it's interesting to see how they go with Phoebe not having her powers anymore. So it's something to look forward
1: to. All right, Ryan. Do you remember this much? I feel like we also. I, I might
2: be wrong because I'm. I'm thinking of what Julia's saying. But is there also another
1: Mister Wright
2: possibly in this? Okay, that's okay. the
1: plot that I know. <laughs> but I guess the whatever else happens in there, I. Oh wait, nope. It's starting to come back.
0: It's all about. that. Yeah, I, I think, think.
1: Okay, yeah, I think I remember what like happened. Yeah. When there's so misusing magic again, yeah, it's
0: it's pretty crazy that that story comes in right after this one. (laughs) It's it's pretty yeah.
1: It's basically it's it's the yin yang thing that I forgot about. Yes, there there's a balance, so that's what reminded me of what happens. Okay, well, it looks like we have something to look forward to. uh I want to thank everyone for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it during your Sunday brunch or whenever you are listening to the episode. Uh, Julia, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Yes, totally. Yeah. Great point. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's been really That's fun.
1: That's good. I'm glad you had a good time. Remember, everyone, if you join The Attic on Patreon, there is a tier that if you become a charmed one, you can also guest star on the podcast. Uh, we'll give you our Charmy Spotlight questions, and you'll be able to be in the episode. There's also a tier that will allow you to even be on the show just for the Charmy Spotlight, and we get to know you a little bit better. So that's also a tier to look out for. But you'll also get a lot of other bonus and uh, reward content on there. So definitely check out the page that is patreon.com slash BWTH podcast. I think that'll do it. All right, next week. Enjoy and we'll be back. Bye Charmies! Charmies. Bye (laughs) everyone! (laughs)
2: I had my sisters
1: find out. Kill you? The demonatrix will play. I live only to please you. Ew. Time to fight leather. with Leather. It's just me. It's Are you. Gonna me. Here to save me or kill me? Charmed, stormy leather.
0: Ah, my dear children, how come you here? You must come indoors and stay with me you will be no trouble.
1: Ooh I know I like the the voice too like she plays Oh
2: you you are a great quote reader I love it Julia So um, I'm thinking
1: like-, like the witch from Hansel and Gretel Hans-
2: Hansel and Gretel yes, is what I was thinking You are as well. correct.
1: Nice, nice.
0: From the, the Brothers Grimm version.
1: Yeah. Oh, Very cool. I don't think- Because there are a few different ones, yeah. No, that is a good
2: one. Well, look at that.